Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Runswell Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Jane Maguire. Today we're talking about how to train like a Norwegian. Ooh. Jane, have you been training like a Norwegian or are you still following the joy plan or, or maybe both? Maybe ooh, maybe both. Um, no, definitely, definitely not the Norwegian plan. Um, I'm still doing the joy plan a bit. Still, still, yeah, still doing the joy plan. Still working out, you know, where that's going to take me. And But yeah, still enjoying it. Still kind of trying to do trying to do a tempo session and a long run every week and then what happens in between is whatever I feel like so the joy plan's got a little bit more structure but definitely not Norwegian yet what about you are you are you 100 mile weeks yet not yet no um, I like <laughs> the idea of um I think in the joy plan it would be the, the tempo would be the one that survives out of the hard sessions, wouldn't it? I don't think our hill, hills aren't getting into most joy plans. I think interval sessions can be a bit of a hard sell, but I feel like a tempo run always feel like, like I'm more likely to do that if I'm kind of. Hills if I have, have to never choose ever them. been in my plan. I would, <laughs> like ne- I'm not. A, we've spoken about this before, haven't we? I will go out of my way to avoid hills, um, but tempo can stay. I do quite. I do quite like a track session, but I think you have to be in the mood, don't you? You have that's really dependent on the weather i think sunny day yeah you need some i think you need some people don't you like i've got yeah. a lot, i mean i've got huge admiration for people who can go to track on their own and like put in a really honest effort but i'm I'm definitely not one of them i need like some people to to run with um and some structure for it to happen i, I was um I was, I was watching a bit of wimbledon tennis uh because obviously that's on at the minute and um the one surviving brit is this guy cameron norrie who um He's actually a really good runner as well, because and they made a big thing of it. They were like, "Oh, you know, he, he went away and, and got himself really fit," which seems to be the, the only way to compete as a tennis player now. If you think of like how fit Andy Murray was and stuff. Um, but yeah, he, he said he, he went back to New Zealand, which is where he spent sort of a lot of his childhood uh, during lockdown, and he posted a thirty-six forty-five ten k and a seventeen twenty-five k. And he says, "I don't know if I'm better at five or ten, but I've got some good genes. My mum is a good runner, so yeah, pretty pretty decent as a, as a sort of non-runner, pretty decent. Yeah, because he's obviously quite a big bloke as well as a tennis player. He's like well over six foot, so it's quite like, all right, fair play. Well, there you go. I, I hope he, I hope he does well this week. I'll be I'll be watching now. Yeah, I think well, if if, if it doesn't work out, I could go and try and win the local park run. I, well, I reckon. Well, it is an interesting subject this week, isn't it? Because we've got the Norwegian training method, which seems a bit arbitrary for some people, but obviously it is. It's a kind of, it is quite in vogue, and it's sort of, it, it's a quite specific way of training that's a bit different. Um, and we've got James Paul with us to to talk to us about. It. So, James, thanks, thanks for coming on the the podcast. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me on board. No, great to have you on board. Um, so yeah, so I mean, maybe, maybe we should just jump in jump into the, the Norwegian training method. So for the un, for the uninitiated, James, what do we mean when we say the Norwegian training method? It isn't just about eating large amounts of herring, is it? <laughs> no, wouldn't it be good, though, if it was? That was that easy. <laughs> yeah. That would be the silver bullet. would be just eat 
just eat pickled fish. Um, no, I think it refer. I mean, obviously, it's come to the fore in in recent years uh, through athletes like the Inga Britsons who follow this sort of approach. But but it can be quite complicated. So perhaps the most simplistic way is to look at sort of two ways the the, the standard way of training, which is carried out by most athletes, which is this sort of polarized training. So we're going to use, you know, suggest three training zones. And so in the first is training zone one, aerobic training, very easy. Um, the sort of training you might do with your friends, breathe easily, you can think about things, you you know, it's, it's low level training. And then I'm going to skip to three, which is high intensity training. So it's the China training that, that is it's potentially quite unpleasant, quite, but you do it in short amounts. So typically in a polarized training, you spend most 80% of your time in zone one, easy, and 20% of your time in, in zone three, and almost no time in zone two. And that's used by a lot of athletes to great success over, over many, many years. Yeah. What we think we're talking about with the Norwegian method is more of a pyramidal, uh, pyramid style training. So you're going to spend let's say 70% of your time in zone one and maybe 15% in or 70% in zone in, in we're just trying to get the maths correct and 20% in two, <laughs> and 10% in three. So okay, yeah. is, and, and that zone two is quite important because that's the difference between the two. And in zone two, it's what they would call th lactate threshold training. Thresholds training is in zone two. And so that's kind of the, that's what's been used successfully by a lot of the Norwegians. There's not the population of Norway and, and the Nordics is not very big. So the, you know, the, the lot of these people are using it to, to a lot of success. So it suddenly comes to the fore of saying, is this the new way we should be training? Is that good? Is that, is that, is that clear sort of? And, I think um, so. I think so. I'm, I'm a visual learner. So I've written, a, I've drawn a triangle with three, two, one in. <laughs> So you're that, that, you're saying a bit of a lopsided pyramid. To be fair, the lopsided <laughs> pyramid. So two is the most important. The what's the most important? Where's the science here? What's the most important part? Or are they all together? The, the difference between the two is that you're spending in the Norwegian method. You spend some time in zone two. Right. In the polarized method, eighty twenty. You spend no time in zone two. Got it's it, always yeah. just that you know, it, we always talk about you've got to be fresh enough to, to go really hard. It's really hard or really easy versus right. sometime really easy, sometime really hard, sometime in the middle. Would you say that zone two is kind of race pace then? Is that the science? Is that why we should be in zone two more? It depends, obviously, on the distance. So yeah. it, it's and this is where it starts to get complicated. Um, the, the, Norwegian, the Norwegian method, when... They, you do it properly and by science scientifically is you would you work out where your lactate thresholds are mm. so this is why i don't want to jump to the end of the podcast but this is why it probably doesn't work for a lot a lot of people is it's, it requires quite a lot of precision yeah so yeah. you have to un so again we'll do a little, little bit of sports science and i'm not a sports scientist so i'm trying to make this you know this is my understanding and i'm yeah. happy to be proven wrong but there's there's two parts in with the lactate with your threshold is lt1 lactate threshold one and lactate yeah. threshold two so what happens is when you do a lactate threshold test you will do a series of intervals usually at the track and you will take a sample of blood and that sample will measure the amount of lactate in your in your system so up until lactate one when you're in this aerobic zone one phase 
your body is producing lactate, which is a good thing, and it's processing it, and you're using it to energize yourself, to move forwards. At LT1, the effort is getting harder. So what happens in the intervals is they get faster. So when you get several intervals in, depends how fit you are, suddenly you'll get to LT1. And at LT1, lactate threshold one, the amount of lactate your body is building is increasing at a faster rate than your body is able to process it. So that's arguably in what we might call a tempo run. And it's typically about a 40 minute effort, perhaps the sort of effort you would do for 40 minutes where you'd get to a point where you were done. So it's yes, okay. hard, yeah. but it's not super hard. Yeah. And this is what gets complicated about these and, 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 it, and how you measure it is also hard. So you can do it with heart rate. If you do it with a lactate threshold machine, if lactate um, measurement, making, then you can be very precise. You can do it with heart rate. You can do it with perceived effort. Both of those methods are suboptimal because they heart rate lags. Um, perceived effort can be, it's about perception. So it has some, some variation from individual to individual. And when you perceive effort for an, uh, um, a, a workout session, you look think about the whole effort rather than the individual bits, perhaps. So at lactate at LT2, your lactate level is getting is got so big now that you cannot continue at the pace you were doing. So your intervals have increased, have increased, have increased. At LT2, your you you know it's the point when your legs are screaming and you can't. Mm. And on for cycling, it's a little bit easier to do because you you're turning the pedals. It gets to the point when you can no longer turn the pedals because. The acidosis has built up in you and they you know, we've all been there where your, your legs literally can't move that's lt2 so what they what they do in the in the uh, in this method is they work in that particular lt1 and lt2 space because the idea is you train the body to be able to process lactic acids more efficiently as you say james it, it's um it is quite technical isn't it and i guess my hope with the norwegian method is that um, we could do some kind of in simplest terms or broadly speaking. And I guess maybe that wouldn't be as accurate or as effective. But as you were sort of saying, we're talking about a bigger emphasis here, aren't we, on kind of tempo stroke threshold sessions, which is probably a kind of roughly speaking, a seven to eight out of 10 effort. That's what that this method's putting quite a lot of focus on yeah. running in that it, zone, isn't it? Yeah, it's not VO2 max all out sprinting type stuff. It's definitely in that yeah. sustainably hard comfortably uncomfortable sort of place the sort yes. of runs you do where you can you, you you sort of don't know whether you like or dislike that amount of effort it's hard <laughs> yeah. just about do it you, you'll know it when you're there because it's like oh, i don't think i can do this anymore but you can do it a bit more and then you can do it a bit more and you sort of and when you do it you feel quite happy that you know it's quite a satisfying feeling it's in that yes. space the problem is that the Norwegian method really focuses at the, the bottom end of lactate threshold one. And that's quite, and to, to understand where that is, mm. it's quite, it's quite precise. And they, and they do mm. these lactate threshold tests. You can buy a machine. It's about 250 pounds. You have to buy, um, a, and you obviously have to, it's invasive because you have to either prick the earlobe or the finger to okay. get the, the small amount of blood. So it's probably out, out of the question for, 99.9% yeah. yeah. of yeah. anyone who's listening to this or anyone who, you know, like, even if you like running a lot, it's kind of a fairly unpleasant thing to do. And that, so I, my, my concern about good and an average, you know, any runner who's doing this approach is that, are you in the right place? Yeah. 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 And 
and you know what does a what does the bottom end of tempo look like and what does it feel like and what pace is that and i think if you really committed to doing this and you really wanted to then you could probably find that it would be you know it'd be somewhere close to you know a 45 minute run rather than a 40 minute run effort but it's it's knowing how precise that is and my worry would be without knowing the precision you fall into this trap of of working in this this sort of unproductive junk perhaps junk but it's it's faster than it's it's enough more effort than you normally would do in the in zone one but it's not zone three yes and then you're too tired to do zone three because you haven't got an energy and perhaps you're then too tired to do the really easy zone one because you just need a day off for resting so Mm. i'm not i'm not against it but i think it it's hard to to be that precision with it and i don't think from the research that i read there's a there's a lot to suggest accurate ways of doing it without a a lactate threshold monitoring tool Mm. yeah as someone with a severe phobia of needles i'm instantly out (laughs) out. (laughs) um but is it an approach you would from the sounds of things no but you wouldn't you this isn't an approach for the masses you're talking about a very select few like athletes that would even do this yeah (laughs) well i think the masses want and without wishing to go off on a complete tangent you know everyone's looking for a silver bullet everyone's looking for do less to to, a a secret and 300 pound pair of shoes right yeah um (laughs) but people are looking for like to train less and and do well and i get that because everyone's time poor and everybody Mm. would like to to be better than they are but not really do the hard work the when you look deeply into the into both the the polarized and the pyramidal approaches what they what the underlying factor is is that the athletes that do well on either approach are doing a lot of miles yeah and and you know as you've had me on here before and you know my my belief is that you know to master something you need to spend a lot of time doing it and i think to be a good runner irrespective of distance it it is relative so if you're doing a 5k you don't have to do as many miles as a marathon of course but you generally speaking these athletes who follow either approach are served well by having big volume either many years of running or they're doing quite large uh, amounts of mileage each week Mm. Mm. even if you look at someone like inga britson's um they're doing a hundred you know five and ten thousand meter runners they're running over a hundred miles a week Oof. yeah it's and like yeah. it's close to marathon training isn't it really all that kind of mileage and, yeah. and, and and you know using a, it's quite they're quite a good example because um you know if, if we're talking about what did i say the number 70 20 10 mm. they're only if you're doing 100 miles a week you're only doing 10 miles in in that top end and you're only doing 20 miles in zone two so it, it's as a percentage it's still and even as an absolute number it's still not that much work yeah so, i think when so, you come down to it if you're only doing 20 miles a week the reality is then you start when you do the percentages you're doing yeah. three mi- you know you're doing four miles in the in a tempo and you're doing so it's just difficult to scale it back hmm. unless you're doing the bigger mileage this is the runner's world podcast This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. 
So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When the Norwegian method comes up, I guess the sort of the showcase session a week is this kind of double this double workout yeah. that's difficult and it seems to my sort of limited understanding it's it's two hardish workouts in one day um is that Correct, can yeah. you tell us a little bit more about that and the thinking behind that because it does it does seem quite excessive that as a as an approach um yeah I, I agree and i want again i think it's one of these things where it's quite i wonder how easy it is to, to regularly do those two sessions so yes mm. you're absolutely right just to, to make that clear um part of the process is in that in that zone two space we've talked about somewhere between lt1 and lt2 are the these workouts and what we'll do two a day workouts in running are not uncommon what you typically do is a hard one and an easy one in the same day yeah or you do two easy ones because you want to do more volume what they suggest is two hard ones but the hard sessions are quite the harder sessions zone two sessions are quite short mm. the idea is is you're training in L between at the bottom end of LT one, LT one, sorry, at the, in the back of that threshold zone at the bottom of it twice, so that you, your body is better at processing the lactic. It still comes down to better processing lactic acid on a on a on a system that is more fatigued. I I just feel like the the number of people, you know, the the pool of num the number of athletes doing it is quite small, mm. and they they've got huge years of training and volume behind them it's it's sort of sw- it sort of sways it towards and the research does suggest this that these from some of these people you might be the norwegians who we're talking about would do well on a, on a polarized approach because they have this incredible engine aerobic engine in there in the first place do you think there's yeah i think it does do you think there are lessons though do you think because obviously we're talking about the elite, the niche, the people doing 100 miles a week, which is mind-blowing to me. What are the lessons someone like me doing my joy plan and taking it really <laughs> easy? What can I learn from the Norwegians? And I guess the the listener who's listening to this doing a park run who's not that, like, elite, what are the, what are the, what's the kind of so, things we can take? So what you could take away from it, I think this is where it starts to be, get a bit muddy, because you could easily find your. I, th- I think the polarized approach is better because you know what really easy is, yeah, and you know what really hard is, yeah. What we're asking is a is a perceived effort of as Rick, as Rick said, maybe seven, six and a half or between six and a half. But let's say let's say LT one is perceived effort of six, and LT two, which is that where it suddenly becomes too high, is, is eight. 
Mm. You want to be some, you might be at the bottom end more towards six. But as we yeah. all know with deep effort, if you had a good, you know, good night's sleep and you, or and a good day at work, and then sometimes runs feel harder or easier than other days. Mm. And so you're, you're sort of potentially in this gray area, which you know, maybe wrongly I'm calling it junk miles, but in this sort of zone where you're not really sure. And I think it's much easier to be, I'm running really easy or I'm running really hard. Those two, th- and, and, and again, those are perceived efforts, but you know what really yeah. hard is like. Yeah. You know what really, really easy is, why am I bothering doing this? It feels <laughs> easy. And really hard is, oh my God, when's this ever going to end? You know, mm-hmm. those two things, are, 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 it's that grey area. And, and because the Norwegian approach is, is very precise, it's hard mm. to be precise without the precise tools to, to make it that way. Yeah. What, one, one quick thing is that if you think 100 miles for the Inga Britsons is scary, in the re- uh, I'll send you the link. And if you want to include it in the notes, there is the papers that, that, that cover all this. Um, there's a come recently come out and you can put them in. They've got they're authored by lots of people and, and the, but they're very good. But there is in one of them the training program for Kipchoge in his build up and in his and obviously, the, you know, arguably the greatest long distance mm. runner in history. But he's running in the build-up phase 200 kilometers a week. So, and he's yeah. following a polarized approach. And he might do as little as 5K of his training week in that super hard space. And he's doing 80%, you know, all of his training almost exclusively in these in this easy running. And if you look at it, some of it's five-minute kilometers. I know I'm switching between kilometers and miles an hour. Eight miles an hour. That's eight, sorry, eight-minute miles versus... You know, very very fast but it's all it's a lot of it is, is right training runs that you and i could run along with kipchoge and be happy okay yeah. so you're telling me to forget the joy plan and download kipchoge's plan i've heard it <laughs> yeah i've heard it if you can do it if you could do a 200 <laughs> kilometer a week i would be you know kind of create crazy right does that i'll email you in a week and be like james i'm never <laughs> running again <laughs> <laughs> i'm never listening to again but the, but but you have to sort of understand the the bot then the body and how it works the energy system is multiple energy systems um, i'm not going to get deep into that as well but some of those changes that happen to the body only happen when you run slowly yeah and this is it's just this is why often people forget that that they think running slowly is a waste of time and the, the you know it, it's well proven that by running slowly your body adapts to you know, your aerobic system adapts so all of these runners who are capable whether you're doing the norwegian method or you're doing a polarized approach they spend a lot of time adapting their body so that they can they can, they can earn the right to work really hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm using those words because you have to earn it because they they have they do strength and conditioning and they do this a lot of this work in this very slow space so that their bodies are strong enough and their systems can cope with running at that very very hard level. For most of us, we don't do enough running to earn the very very hard. So we but but we could spend more time working on that bit i think and mm. it's not that we shouldn't you know we can do the it might be going from one hard death in a week to two that's what we would earn by doing slower runs and and you don't you only have to look at there's so many of the elite athletes and those pay both those papers don't just have kipchoge they have the top 50 it's just, they're very good papers they're, they're, they're very techie um they're very sciencey but you only need to look at the list of the people who they've been working with to get yeah. the data and it starts to really stand up um, to to reach and to scrutiny that these people are putting. Whether you do either approach, there's a lot of time spent in the very easy zone. Yeah. One. Yeah, James, what are you um 
Are you training like a Norwegian at the moment? What are you, what are you doing? What are you, you? I mean, you're recording from a car, so you're doing something cool. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm very happy to be at the um, Trash Free Trails um, State of Our Trails Summit today, which is being held in in actually quite nice nice weather in in North Wales. Um, and they're an amazing organisation. People should check them out. Um, it's an organ. It's a it's a it's a charity that's aiming to find solutions to the litter, the single-use pollution we find um, in the countryside on our trails for runners, riders and roamers. And I know you've had them on the podcast before. You've had Rich. Um, it's close to my heart. It's been, it's been a lot of my time outside in the countryside, you know, in London, in the parks and things. And, and nothing frustrates me more than to see the litter and the, the, the mess that gets left by people. And it's a, it's a big challenge. And, you know, part of it is to take that litter away and do the litter picking but there's more people throwing it away than there are picking it mm. up. Mm. So there's a whole piece of work we're doing today on edu edu changing education, changing people's perceptions, trying to stop them pick, you know, dropping it in the first place. But also yeah. at a brand level, you know, how do, how do you work with brands uh, to, to be part of the solution? And then, you know, all the, all the manufacturers of the, the various drinks and energy bars and things that we use how can we work with them to to mean that we haven't got as much pollution on our trails, microplastics, et cetera, et cetera, that, that, you know, make the place one look awful and two have much more, uh, much bigger consequences to, to our own lives, but also to the wildlife. So that's yeah. why I'm up to do today. And um, yeah, it's good. If you, if people could check it out, um, get involved, there's, 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 there's do it yourself uh, toolkits on there. So you can go out and it's really easy to, to make a difference, record the, the things that you're seeing, pick them up if you can take one bag out even even the smallest bag being taken off the trails is better than than none right it, it doesn't need for to sure. be complicated yeah james thanks so much for coming on the podcast talking about the norwegian method always great to talk to you I always feel like we get the truth from you you don't sort of dress it up as like you know the norwegian method is amazing when it when potentially it is well something very I'm hard glad to you follow, say that so rick, but I always, rick i always think that maybe i come on and i just poo poo everyone's good ideas and that isn't <laughs> me at all because if I, but i you know my my, my my sort of parting words would be, go, you know, if you look back at all the runners who have been doing things over the years, if there was been a shortcut, if there'd been a Egyptian yeah. method, then everyone would be doing it, right? I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. there are a few people doing some quirky things, but I think maybe that's, you know, unique to them and a small few, a number of athletes. But the tried and trusted does work and, and I think is easier to follow than some of the, 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 I wouldn't necessarily call them silver bullets or magic potions, but, yeah, but they're, you know, it's tough to do some of that stuff if you're if you're just a regular everyday runner so that brings us to the end of this week's runners world podcast big thanks to our guest james paul and to you of course for listening ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.